0: Are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll
1: show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of the Soulful MBA podcast. Today's topic is integrity. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. We want to talk to you about integrity because it's something that we don't see always as much as we should in the business world, especially the online business world, which is the world that we are in, but also the offline business world. And um, we both feel very strongly that integrity is critical for us in running our business. And let's just share with folks, Sandy, the textbook definition of integrity so that we're all on the same page.
0: Sure. So when I Google this, this is what I learned that uh, integrity is about doing the right thing. It's about um, being really honest and being really consistent and having high standards and morals. Um, it's also about, and this is my favorite one, is about my favorite definition is that it means being in harmony with what you think and with what you do and with what you say. And that's that right there is the kind of business that I want to run. And it's the kind of business that I want to do. Um, that's the kind of business I want to do business with.
1: Yeah, me too. And I don't want to underappreciate how difficult it actually is to be in integrity. I think all of us are challenged in our personal lives all the time about how we stay in integrity with what we believe. So whether it's a vegetarian who is tempted by meat or someone who – like me, cares very deeply about climate change, and yet I'm willing to get on an airplane and fly across a continent. I think that we're constantly put up against these challenges that question whether we can live our beliefs. And I think all of us make compromises all the time with respect to this, right, in our personal lives. And yet when we get to business, I I think we also do, and yet we don't think of it the same way. We don't maybe take it quite as seriously but you and I, we're also going to be having a podcast, Sandy, coming out on longevity, which I'm super excited about. And I, I care really deeply about making sure that we're building a business that's going to last and something that is built to be sustainable and to sort of nurture a community of people and then in turn be nurtured by those people financially. And I think that integrity is critical to building anything that's going to last long term. So the internet is filled with... Filled, filled with people. Go into your Facebook feed, your news feed, and you'll see people trying to tell you how to maximize the number of leads that you're getting, the number of clicks, the number of views, the number of dollars in your bank account in record epic speed, right? Like that is what we're used to seeing. And there's something about the human psyche and the human mind that is attracted to that, right? We all have a part of ourselves, some like base part of ourselves that is drawn to this quick fix, quick win, you know, get something for not working very hard. And the truth is, is that there are opportunities to do that, but it involves Burning people in the process, and so we just want to come out and talk about that.
0: Mm-hmm. I, this whole episode came from—I um, don't know if it was you or me or both of us—expressed a frustration in what we see in our Facebook feed. I am, and and, and I don't know if everyone feels this way, or if it's cause, just because we are in we such are in online the filter bubble, bubble of who we. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I am just so tired of the how to get rich quick or how to make this much money. And I'm, I'm just, I'm honestly like, I just want to unsubscribe from everything. And I just feel like the purpose, yes, of course we all need to make money and there's an exchange and even an equal exchange happening in, in good business. Um, And money is important, of course, but it's not the only reason that we have businesses. And I'm so much more interested in talking about doing it well and doing it right and doing it for the long term. So all this like, you know, how to make this and this much money, it just seems so short and so fleeting to me. And I I just, I'm just rolling my eyeballs every time I get on the internet right now. And it's just driving me crazy.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a whole lot of BS, isn't it? That's how I feel. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just putting yeah. it out there. Yeah.
1: This is an evening recording, folks. So you're getting the uncensored version. This is how we really feel. I mean, so let's just be clear. I think that there are quick wins. There are ways to make money fast. And almost always, they are available to, the, to those who are first to market. And they come at a high cost in terms of the externalization of impact or in, in externalization externalization of costs, right? So if you think about it, I have a few examples for this to put it in context. We like to talk about things in the wellness space. We like to talk about nutrition in terms of things like the dirty dozen, right? We've all heard that. I'm sure every one of you who is in our market, in the wellness market, has heard of the dirty dozen, right? What is the dirty dozen, Sandy?
0: Uh, Avocados are good and bananas are good. (laughs) Is that that right? (laughs) But what does it mean? What does it mean? What does the dirty dozen mean? Dirty dozen is the, 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 the ones you don't want to buy because they are dirty and bad and bad for the environment, right?
1: So these are the fruits and vegetables that you want to make sure that you buy organic because if you buy them in a conventionally grown way, they are likely to negatively impact your health disproportionately, right? So there's been this whole. I think is it the Environmental Working Group? I'm yeah, not sure that's right. which. That's what it is. Yeah, which not environmental nonprofit came up with this term? I think it's super catchy, right? It went viral. But here is the part that bothers me about the dirty dozen, and this is the same thing that it relates totally to business too. So even though strawberries might not be in the dirty dozen. And I don't actually know which fruits and vegetables are because I don't care. And I'm about to tell you why. So say, let's just pretend strawberries are not in the dirty dozen, right? So like, oh, it's okay if you're trying to be really frugal with your dollars and... You want to make sure that you're buying the dirty dozen vegetables organic and fruits organic, but the other ones you don't care. Well, guess what? The people who grow those damn strawberries are getting poisoned by those pesticides, because even though they're not as toxic as what they put on, I don't know, spinach, (laughs) when you're outside picking them all day, they're still toxic to you. So you can feel really good in Whole Foods or whatever market you're in by buying these conventionally grown fruits or vegetables that are not in the dirty dozen. And yet you're not really concerned about the impact of the people that grew them or to the environment where they're being grown. And this is exactly the problem that I have with the sort of short-sighted approach that folks take in business. And that's a business decision too, right? Like that affects the economy. The fact that this environmental organization put out this list that went viral totally shapes the way the economy functions around this produce and around the market for produce. Like that's crazy, right? But that's the kind of impact that business can have. And so I, I think like that's an externalized cost, right? You might not feel or your small child might not feel the brunt of the poison and the toxin load from eating that fruit. And yet, but somebody does or something does, right? And, and so I think being integri- in integrity with your values requires a commitment to learning about what's going on around you and to still standing in integrity, making decisions based on that awareness. And you can say like, oh, I didn't know that. Right. Like we all have a lot of things we don't know about. Right. And we and and, and so I guess like my response to that is that, well, you can learn. And be open to learning. And we all should have a commitment to that. Listen to curiosity. Back to episode curiosity about that. But also, once you do know, once you do learn that something has negative effects, then you have an, an obligation, if you want to be an in integrity, to make sure that you're taking action based on that knowledge, that new knowledge that you've gained. Sandy doesn't know what to do with me folks. She's just like, she didn't see that coming at all. I have a lot uh-huh. of strong opinions that like have nothing to do with Facebook ads and growing an online business. And they're starting to come out in the podcast and Sandy has no
0: idea what to do with them. <laughs> Wait you hear a lot of others where that came from Sandy. <laughs> and then well, let's like bring it back to business. So another, another issue that, that we have in debate, I didn't realize you felt so strong about this till we started talking, uh, in preparation for this is, is the example of Groupon. And I've had experience, Oh man, <laughs> I've had experience with Groupon and it was horrible. And, and as the business owner who chose to participate in a Groupon, and it was one of the worst business decisions that we ever made, it was awful. It was an awful experience. And so let's, let's, let's have it, Jenny. Well, our studio
1: owners and gym owners ah. and location-based brick and mortar wellness businesses will know this well, but Groupon is horrifying for those of you who are actually operate a brick and mortar business. It has created a race to the bottom in a lot of markets for a lot of goods and services. And it's a terrible experience from the consumer end often as well. Like, (laughs) so it requires you to earn so little or bring in so little revenue from what you're putting out there that then you cannot provide proper customer service quite often for the goods or services that you're selling through Groupon and then Groupon itself is a whole other story. I'm not even going to get into that. So there are these tools out there they are like, oh yeah, Groupon is this like raging startup success, right? And yet what has Groupon done for small brick and mortar retailers across North America? It has created a race to the bottom, a lowering of prices and a fear. It's, it's sort of bred fear and competitiveness around pricing. And I, I think that this is exactly the kind of thing where where we get, when we start talking about the ethics of technology and startups, this fits into that conversation. This also fits into the conversation that you as a business owner, once you decide to engage in these kinds of techniques out of fear, mostly, um, not out of benevolence and this excitement that you're going to now offer this great discount to new clients or new students, right? Like you're doing it because you're afraid if you don't, your business is going to tank. <laughs> And this is a situation, again, where what does that do? If you're a yoga studio owner, for example, and you offer a Groupon, and then you don't pay your teachers or you pay them a dollar ahead, which is what I've heard from some of these folks, for the students that come in on a Groupon, like, what are you doing to your community? You know, like, what is that? And I, I, that's the kind of situation where I feel like it's really easy to get out of integrity because you have this sense of fear around what you're doing in your and business. And I can tell
0: you that... Um... It does not attract like that. You the reason that you do it is that it, there's an increase in sales, short-term thinking, um, you know, very low cost, very small bump in sales. And but the hope is that those students or those clients will return. And I can tell you they don't. They are you know bargain shoppers. Um, they are not typically the type of person that will become a loyal tribe member for you. That that was my experience. That they are just not they did not fit into our quintessential client and they came and went so fast and the whole thing was stressful and um, just, (laughs) it was really awful. (laughs) It's terrible for
1: everyone. So I have a story about this that is from yesterday. So that's part of why I was so excited (laughs) to talk about Groupon. So my family and I went on a whale watching trip and I heard through the TripAdvisor Grapevine, which is always a good resource when you want to do anything travel related, right? Like, oh, make sure you get your whale watching tickets from Groupon because they're like this 60% or 40% off or something like that. And they're really expensive. It's expensive to go out on a commercial fishing vessel vessel and look for whales, right? So I made the grave mistake of doing this, (laughs) of signing up for tickets through Groupon. I'm not even going to go into the details. All I'm going to tell you is that after all the fees and like sort of threatening phone calls were said and done, we ended up paying more more than we would have paid for our family of three to just buy tickets at regular price on the website and and like a little bit more not a lot more but it came at so much stress to me from feeling manipulated throughout the process and all the extra steps i had to take that like i would have been so much happier if there was a single price that everyone paid and everyone was paying a different amount because there's like living social and there's like five of these now right that ever like people it's not just group on you feel like pressured to use all of them as a business owner and i was like listening how much the people around me in line to check in were paying. And then I was getting angry that I paid like $7 more than the people in front of me per ticket. And it was infuriating. Like to me as a consumer, I would have felt so much better if I could have just bought the same price ticket as everyone else. And I didn't feel like it was a shell game, right? Because you know when a, when a business is using Groupon that they are like inflating their regular prices to cover the missing costs of the people who are using Groupon. And so it just creates all this insecurity and bad energy around what they're doing. It was terrible and it almost ruined the entire thing for me because I was so resentful about what happened and I had to sort of tone it back and realize like this is my time with my family. I'm still mad about it. Like I <laughs> I can't handle it. And this is like every group on experience, right? Like they're pretty much always like this. And and so this is just an example of a tool that we can use in business, for those of us who have a brick and mortar business, that this is a tool you can use. And yet, does this tool actually create integrity with what you're trying to build in the world? Or are you letting fear or laziness or something else control your decisions? Right? Like, I think that's worth considering. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com.
0: Yeah, I think that it you know, it's so easy to say, "Yes, I'm, you know, I have great integrity," but it's constantly daily Challenged, It's always being challenged. And so it's a good reminder to just have to, that you must stay true to your word and to who you are and what you want to represent out there in the world. And it is so tempting, um, spe- especially for all the online businesses to watch what other people are doing and be so tempted to copy that or follow in their footsteps for that sort of, you know, spike in sales or that, you know, send up that Groupon or do this crazy Cheap launch or whatever it may be, and so there's this constant battering at you to to challenge you or to to take you down in a way, right? And that's that's what got me fired up about this episode is that I just. I so want to stay where we are and true to ourselves and true to our beliefs. And yes, you know what? It may mean that our growth may be slower, that we won't have a $100,000 launch in the next five days because that's not how we want to run our business. And this is not- Well, it is slower because we walked away from a giant round <laughs> yeah, of countries. Yeah, tracing. but it's like- Because of the, because of integrity. But we, we follow people, Jenny, that- You know, there's, you know, and sometimes jealousy comes up, right? Because it's like, what did they just do? How much money did they just make? And we sit there and kind of shake our heads, going, wow, that would be really great. But hold on. Yeah. Hold on. We need to sell our souls to do that. Like that is just not who we are. And I'm proud of that, Jenny, that we've decided that. And we can kind of we kind of get sucked in a little bit sometimes, like maybe we should do that. Why don't we think about doing that? And we always thankfully kind of pull back and go, no, that is not what we want to do to our list. That is not how we want to operate that is not who we want to how we want to be seen out there in the world we are better than that and so yeah. i just i just think it's a good reminder that it's all you're always going to be challenged on that front
1: yeah, so I totally agree with you. And that just what you're saying reminds me of Jennifer Armbrust's work, which we talked about in a previous episode called Feminist, where she says, as a business owner, you have an opportunity to shape the economy. Like you have an opportunity as one business owner to have an impact on what gets created in the way people operate in this whole economy. And I, I, I believe that that's true, right? And so there's this sense of listening to your inner voice that I think is really important. And just kind of one more thing about the way integrity operates here's my observation so far i think it's much easier to stay in integrity in business when it's about like should i do this thing that i sort of know is sleazy to make more money most of us will say no i don't think i'm going to engage in this behavior that i don't believe in just to make an extra buck like i i think most of us would would fall into that spectrum especially the folks in our community who are listening Where it gets dicey, for us too, and for I think many of you, is when you have fear. In place and it's not about well, like, oh I'm gonna make an extra buck and do this shady thing right it's it's more about if I don't do this I'm going to fail and that's where we start to rationalize where I, if I don't do this thing that I know is kind of shady then I'm afraid I'm gonna fail or I'm gonna flop or this whole thing's over or I'm gonna because ruin- you're not you're not keeping up you're not keeping up or you don't know what you're missing out on or you're not going to be taken seriously if you don't start doing X y or z so I, I think that's maybe be a helpful, you know, frame of reference uh-huh. for you. If you're like, hey, I have integrity. Hey, me too. Guess what? I'm not going to go be sleazy. But in, if, if I felt like my business was at risk, I might consider it. And that's just being honest. And And that's why we're having this conversation publicly because we need to hold each other accountable. And there have been times where our business has been at risk. We have been threatened. We have come down to the wire in our bank account. We have had huge moments where we were where we were tested, you know. And we've, I think, always between the two of us, chosen to sort of take the higher path, Sandy. And it's been a long road because of that. We've. I, I, I'm. I am really proud, as you said, of having chosen to operate the way that we do but it does it comes at a cost and growth is slower it doesn't it, but, but i think it's more steady it's sort of like slow and steady wins the race you know i'm really a fan of this now <laughs> this kind uh-huh. of growth i think it's it's awesome but it but it's like fomo it's like this fear like what it, what am i doing that's going to you know sa- like am i sa- am i ruining my business am i destroying my career as an entrepreneur because i'm not willing to engage in those tactics
0: yeah i yeah it's so fascinating because i think also if i could flip that a little bit we there's also an opportunity here to stay in integrity and to lead in a different way so i'm talking about us watching other people do a webinar a certain way or a big launch a certain way and and the 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 fomo kicking in and oh my god we gotta do it that way too or no one's going to buy from us and so again, we're gonna be really honest here, is that we are planning a webinar in the next uh, month or so, four to six weeks. And we are discussing how we want to run that webinar because everybody basically, you know, is very similar in their tactics around webinars. And yes, it's effective, but some of it we don't feel comfortable doing. And so we are bouncing around ideas of how can we be a leader in this area and run a webinar that is so, um, you know, integral and like integrated to who we are without having to bow down to what is happening and what everybody else is doing. And so there's also one way to stay with your integrity and invent and be really innovative and be the leader in that so that everyone else is following you and thinking they're they're being left out if they don't do it how you do it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I'm excited for what we're putting together. And, you know, it's a grand experiment, too. I'm, I mean, I, so I think leadership is is another aspect of this conversation. I, I think that there is a general sense, a, a sentiment, that if you're a business owner or a CEO or a biz boss babe, <laughs> or like whatever other horrifying words people are using about this, I think there's a sense that like, oh, I'm a leader. No, you're not. Leadership is earned. Leadership is a privilege. Leaders, like the fact that you started a business and you have a Facebook group doesn't make you a leader. And I'm not saying that we're leaders, like we aspire to be leaders. I, I've been a leader in my life in some contexts. I, I was, I, leadership is a is a very distinct skill. And I think it's also a practice and I think it requires mutual respect. And so I think that leadership is a really big part of integrity around being a business owner. So sometimes you have to make decisions as a leader that are not the exact most optimized decision for your bottom line in the short term, but they are the right choice in the long term. Sometimes you have to make choices that are unpopular. Sometimes you have to go with the best you know how in the moment, right? And it's not necessarily what is trending on social. And, and so anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there because I, and I I think in online business, leadership is not talked about enough in, in management and in business schools and in Fortune 500 companies, I think leadership is talked about a lot. And I think somehow in the translation, when you start a business on the internet, leadership went away. Like, why do we not talk about that anymore? And I think it should come back. I think we should give it a comeback. So there's where we
0: can lead. Talking about leadership.
1: (laughs) Talking about leadership.
0: (laughs) That's very meta. I know. (laughs) No, that's great. So let's. why don't we move into Joy and Hustle? Oh boy. Well, you, you should do the joy. It's an easier one for you this week, Sandy. Yeah. I'm just going to turn my, I'm just going to like shut down when you turn, talk start talking about the hustle, but no, I'm just kidding. So joy, we are going to uh, link for you um, an episode, a podcast of the Jess Lively show uh, where she interviews um, Danielle Laporte and it's a fabulous interview. And um, I think it's fairly candid. Would you say, Jenny?
1: Yeah, I loved this interview. Jess Lively is an interesting lady. And she's well worth a listen. If you haven't heard her podcast, I've been listening to her for eons. And she's made a lot of transitions and transformations in her style and in her content. Um, but this interview with Daniel Laporte is really good because she asks questions that I think Daniel Laporte uh, doesn't get asked a lot. And and one of their tangents and their conversation goes down along this idea of kind of internet business and internet marketing and how uncomfortable Daniel Laporte is with it. And it's a really honest conversation. And I, I would encourage any of you who are in Online business or business in general to have a listen to that episode because I, I, I it resonated deeply with me and with us because this is something that we talk about as well like mar- internet marketing is kind of a it's kind of a skis ball situation like you've got to try really hard to make it anything else and so what you know we've all got to engage in social and we've all got to engage in internet marketing to some extent when we have a business. <laughs> That's online. And so, how do you do that in a way that still feels okay to you? And we have certain choices and decisions that we've made in terms of how to do that. And I I feel actually really good with what we do now. But it took a long time. It took a couple of years of wiggling around and doing stuff that didn't feel so great to kind of find our comfort zone. So, anyway, well worth a listen. Okay. Now, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh, this is really not a big deal.
0: Jenny found this book, and she read me this passage, and it was so hard for me to understand. But I get it, and I agree with it, and I will let you explain it.
1: Okay, well... The book, The Hustle, is called The Gardens of Democracy. So it's really fine. I mean, I think it's because you're Canadian that this doesn't make sense to you. But <laughs> I live in a country <laughs> where democracy is a big part of our conversation and our national dialogue, Sandy. And so this is by Eric Liu and Nick Hanauer. And it's a great little volume. And it, it to me, the parts of this book that are really interesting are where they talk about the economy and not so much about democracy. Because they're actually very intertwined. But they're talking about sort of shifting the economy into something that is more cooperative and something that's more like a garden that's nurtured and that nurtures you back. I mean, that is the general gist of this book. And I love these kinds of books because they get my wheels spinning and I like it. But they're talking about this idea that the old way, the industrial revolution way of thinking about the economy and the way we operate in the economy, they call it machine brain. And machine brain held that citizens are automatons, mindlessly seeking advantage over one another, colliding like billiard balls. And that to the And that the best to be hoped for in civic life is that we should channel our irredeemable self-seeking into a machinery of checks and balances that can set one interest or faction against another, right? So there's this like old way of thinking that's competitive, dog eat dog. We've all heard this. Like this is... This is um, what a lot of people think of when they think of business. It's certainly what I used to think of. The masculine economy. It's the masculine economy. Exactly. Which we've talked about in the episode Feminist. And then they, so machine brain uses malevolence to cancel out malevolence in the hopes of generating benevolence. Um, So this is the political and civic culture that dominated sort of North America 100 years ago, right, and into into the modern day. And then there's this other way of thinking that's this cooperative, collective, feminist, garden brain way of thinking that sees people as gardeners tending to the plots that we share. And also, I love this part, as organisms within a greater garden, each affecting the next, so we form each other. And when we were coming up, Sandy, with the idea for this episode, I wrote down we belong to each other, which is just sort of one of my favorite Sayings, I don't even know where it came from. Like, there's a lot of people that are attributed to having said that, it's just a common little phrase, but I it sits with me really well. Like, we belong to each other, we're all connected. And I have a background in environmental work, right? I think of things, I think of our business as an ecosystem, I think of our economy as an ecosystem. It's all interconnected. There's no like, I win, like, you winning. You winning by a lot means something else is losing by a lot and or, or some you know, and maybe that's okay with you, but there's this sense of of like collective responsibility and interdependency. So this book is, I, I think this is a good read, It sort of got my mind thinking about a lot of things. And for those of you who are sort of wanting to understand how what you're doing now fits into this like larger world order or economic order, especially if you're an American, this is a really great book to read at the, in this stage of our evolution as a
0: country. So Gardens of Democracy, we'll include it in the show notes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you, Jenny. Um, I actually love it when you explained it to me, but when I you just read it, I couldn't under, quite understand it. But no, I think it's I'm, <laughs> no, I like. I think it's super important though to think about like your integrity is important to to hold to, to hold on to, and that we are all in, we are not operating in isolation out there on the internet. Like all our little businesses are important, and they all impact each other, and we're creating this beautiful garden. It is a garden. I like that.
1: I like it. The empire to the garden. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba slash sample.